For more than 30 years, an American was able to penetrate the secret and sometimes sacred world of English landscape gardening. An American who came to be recognized as one of England's preeminent landscape designers and horticultural journalists. That man was the late Lanning Roper. His association with this church is largely due to the long-standing friendship he established with Peter Palumbo, now Lord Palumbo, a former church warden of St. Stephen Walbrook, and a man intimately involved for many years in the progress and reordering of this church, as well as this particular area of London. Lanning Roper was born in West Orange, New Jersey, in 1912, and in 1933 became a fine arts graduate of Harvard. He enjoyed a comfortable childhood in Kloster, New Jersey, and formed an early interest in gardens and flowers. He wrote, I had a series of gardens and spent much time roaming wooded slopes that stretched from our house collecting wild flowers. His time of wishing to enter a career in gardening coincided with the Depression, and for a while he taught at the Buckley School in New York. He would frequently travel in the summer as a tutor, apparently choosing moneyed families which not only had interesting gardens, but preferably also had yachts, and were so able to indulge another keen interest of his, sailing. Finally, in the late 1930s, he traveled to the continent, and then here to England, where he fell in love with English landscapes, architecture, and gardens. During World War II, he enlisted into the Naval Reserve as a cadet after Pearl Harbor. He eventually came to command a troop of ships in the US Navy that participated on D-Day, for which he was commended after successfully landing his troops. And by coincidence, for the next six weeks, he was stationed near Exbury House on the Bewley River, the great Rothschild estate near Southampton, famous for its gardens. Here, he wrote, I had my first introduction to English rhododendrons, and could not have been happier in the evenings, roaming through the great rhododendron gardens and woodland. The romance was sealed. Roper returned to America after the war, but was soon able to engineer a return to England after being offered a job representing a US manufacturer. After about a year, he had formed a much better idea of what he really wanted to do with his career, and he returned again to America for a serious talk with his investment banker father, Willett Crosby Roper. He then took the plunge into the risky industry of landscape gardening. Returning once again to England with the blessings of his parents, he trained as a student gardener for two years at the Royal Botanic Gardens at Kew, working in the rock gardens and the nurseries, mastering the practical aspects of gardening while he learned the complete collection of plants. He spent a further year at the Royal Botanic Gardens at Edinburgh, specializing in rhododendrons, 
and then visited every important garden in the British Isles and on the continent. The personal style he was to develop included underlying references to Italian and French gardens in the classical style that he also admired. During four years as assistant to the editor of the Royal Horticultural Society, he developed his skills as a horticultural journalist and photographer, forming a friendly relationship with the Queen Mother by 1953, he was already writing gardening books on the Royal Gardens and Windsor Great Park, and also writing regularly for Country Life and other journals. For 13 years, beginning in 1962, he was the garden correspondent of the Sunday Times, and the columns were popular because they so obviously sprang from his direct contact with a wide range of gardens and the great variety of English soils. In the introduction to his book, The Sunday Times Gardening Book, he wrote, I make it a rule to select personally the plants for my designs, and whenever possible, I supervise the planting and often do a good deal of it myself. His books were valuable sources of planting information, and he wrote several which found great appeal with gardeners. Roper succeeded in creating nearly 150 quintessential English landscapes that bear his mark. Lavender borders spilling onto pathways, walls covered with a profusion of vines, endless varieties of old-fashioned roses, and a penchant for silver-gray foliage as a useful foil for flowers. What appeared as romantic informality was based, nevertheless, on the precision of certain knowledge learned and honed during his years of study and training. In the 1960s and 1970s, his landscaping and architectural skills were in high demand, and he helped plan the formal gardens of several aristocratic estates. He formed herbaceous borders along country cottage walks, as well as the terraces of London townhouses. Indeed, his skills were sought worldwide. He had no office or permanent staff, except for a secretary, Anne Terry. He preferred to work with the estate gardeners and local nurserymen, with whom he unfailingly struck a good rapport. Apart from gardens, Modern architecture pleased Lanning's taste for simplicity and pure form. He was exhilarated by towering walls of glass or stone. But in the closely packed business centre of the City of London, he was also concerned for the people who worked in large modern buildings. In his mind, they needed somewhere green and cool to take a breath. The sight of a familiar tree to remind them that there was still a green and pleasant land beyond the concrete and steel jungle of the city. He had a particular affection for what was called in the US a vest pocket park. And this basic idea he formulated was that with the increasing height of buildings, a company could design a site with the intention of freeing up a piece of green space for the public and office workers' benefit. This concept was shared by Peter Palumbo, 
for whom Roper had regularly gardened at Buckhurst Park in Ascot since 1966. And Palumbo was, and I think still is, an avowed modernist. He had particular admiration for the work of one Ludwig Mies van der Rohe. As early as 1958, Peter Palumbo and his father, Lord Palumbo, had been working towards an exciting and radical new development scheme right here on our doorstep. And my understanding is that Lord Palumbo had progressively acquired a large triangle of properties lying between the end of Queen Victoria Street and Poultry, then mainly occupied by the Victorian building, famously occupied by Mappin and Webb. This was also, incidentally, in previous times, the site once occupied by St. Benet Sherhog, since absorbed, as you can see on the panel, into the parish of St. Stephen Walbrook. The broad idea was a grand and ambitious plan to free up public space by not only demolishing the Mappin and Webb building, but also the then Bank of New Zealand building in neighbouring Bucklesbury, standing to the right of this church and facing the entrance to Mansion House. Briefly, the famous or infamous Mansion House Square scheme mooted in the 1960s and running through into the 1980s involved building an iconic and groundbreaking 19-storey high-rise modern office block designed by Mies van der Rohe in partial place of the Mappin and Webb building. The angled roads leading into Bank would be realigned and buildings demolished to establish a sizable rectangular green park and public space with planting designed by Lanning Roper, part of which would directly front our church and also Mansion House. Closely associated with this concept was the redevelopment and improvement of the several local church gardens into pocket parks and places of respite. This work started under Lanning Roper, firstly transforming St Pancras Gardens in Pancras Lane, very close to where we are. He then moved on to St Stephen's Churchyard, or at least what was left of it, with a planting of a Mahonia tree, camellias, rhododendrons, scillas and daffodils. The churchyard was later improved further with the laying of new paving linked to the development of the new court building on the far boundary in 2010. Of course, Lanning Roper's greening influence on the immediate area around the church would have been much greater had the Mansion House Square scheme gone ahead. Whilst he became heavily involved and enthusiastic for the scheme proposed by Peter Palumbo, as time progressed, there was growing opposition to high-rise development in the square mile, however famous the late architect and iconic the building. In the highly charged political climate of Thatcherism in the 1980s, one can imagine there was also concern in the city corporation of providing a public place large enough to attract protest meetings right in the heart of the city of London. The scheme was opposed and in 1985 eventually founded. No, number one poultry was the compromise development, built in postmodernistic style and topped today with the Coq d'Argent just across the road. The City of London Magistrates Court occupied the old Bank of New Zealand building, 
and of course continues to stand exactly where Lanning Ropers and Peter Palumbo's envisage City Park would have been. I cannot hope to cover the whole of Lanning Roper's career in his wide range of garden commissions, including that of Highgrove. The close collaborative relationship and friendship established with Peter Palumbo led to the improvement and better communal use of many city churchyards, creating Roper's vision of pocket parks with trees, flowers, and greenery. Roper's deeply held belief in the healing power of a patch of greenery can be seen in the fact that even in the last summer of his life, he was still defending the Mansion House Square scheme, staunchly supporting his friend, Peter Palumbo. Unfortunately, Lanning Roper fell victim to cancer and died in 1983, aged 71. A memorial service was held at St. Mary's Paddington Green on the 21st of April, with the church full of admirers. Amen.